Welcome to the Whippoorwill Collective, a podcast dedicated to you, the avid hunter, fisherman, and outdoorsman. I'm Andrew Van Morsel, and I'll be your host of this show. So sit back, kick your feet up, enjoy a little discussion on hunting, fishing, and the outdoors. Good day and welcome to the second episode of the Whippoorwill Collective. I am your host, Andrew Van Morsel. And I want to take this time to thank each and every one of you for listening to my first podcast and this one. I was overwhelmed over the last couple of weeks with your positivity and support. My Facebook, my Messenger, my Instagram, and my own phone were all blown up from everybody sending positive messages, how they really enjoyed my podcast, and they really enjoyed the turkey stories, which made me even happier because I'm a huge storyteller. And whitetail season is coming up. And I love to talk whitetails, so we're going to be getting into lots and lots of stories of those. Um, And speaking of whitetails, I think what I'm going to do, since we are entering the 2019 season in a couple weeks, I'm going to, before I get into my guest and the episode of my podcast, I'm going to just give you guys a quick update on how my whitetail season seems to be shaping up and how my hunts are going during the season, so... Right now, I'm still kind of in the scouting phase. Um, the last time we talked, I didn't have any bucks on camera. They all seem to have disappeared. Well, I can tell you right now, on one of my properties, I do have some bucks returning. And I am thrilled to tell you that I will be chasing something this year. Um, that same place is uh, holding uh, a numerous amount of does. I actually was out scouting the other night, and I saw three of them back in the, the bean field. The beans are starting to turn yellow, so I'm figuring before October comes, they might switch um, food patterns completely, and I might have to, to change my game again, but I think right now I'm good. Um, I'm, I'm in the main travel corridor where they are. It's kind of a pinch point between two fields, so I'm pretty positive that if something's moving early, I'm going to catch it. And then um, with my other property that I told you was kind of going slow, it's still the same. I'm still holding the same amount of does. I got some mature does there, which I'm happy that. But I'm never too concerned about this property because this property always turns on during gun season and late season. I don't know what it is with it, but everything seems to move in this bush. Um, Once those seasons come, I'm I'm not sure if it's to do with weather or the fact that the food might be gone. Um, We do have great bedding area in our area and we're surrounded by hardwoods. So... And we do have a mast crop that uh, is produced with beech nuts. And there's the odd oak tree in there too. So um, I know it will turn on late season. So I'm not really worried now. The only thing I'm always concerned with is make sure I actually have deer on camera. And I am getting deer quite frequently there. Just nothing with horns on it right now. So other than that, um, our camp up north, I'm telling you right now, nobody's been up there so i have no updates for you guys but in a couple weeks uh my good friend ryan he's he's uh he's heading up and hopefully he'll have some pictures for me i can update you guys and how it's looking um he maybe he'll have some pictures of some big bucks i'm not sure if we'll share them or not but uh hopefully we got something to chase up there and when he gets that to me i can update you guys so probably the next podcast or the one after you might hear from the the Winchester hunt camp. So other than that, I think my season's uh, shaping up very good. I'm very positive here and uh, I'm really excited because it's literally just around the corner. Um, By the time you guys are hearing this, it should only be about a week away from the opener of deer season. So uh, I hope you guys are all ready. I know I'm almost there. Uh, There's a couple little things I want to do, a couple cleaning out of uh, trails that I might take in entrance points so I can be just a little bit more quieter. Um, I I thought about raking leaves this year. I haven't done that in years, but I thought maybe this might work in the one area. The one spot I'm good because the creek I can take now, it's completely dried up and it doesn't make any noise, so I I can slip in that way. So I'm pretty happy with that. But um, all in all... I think everything is 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 pretty much done, and uh, the only thing I have left to do is maybe do one final scout of where I want to hang a couple more or climb a couple more trees with my climber, and uh, 
if I have to trim anything, I'll trim anything. So let's uh, let's get into this. Speaking of tree stands and stuff, let's get into this episode because this episode I decided to dive deep into tree stand types, preparation, and running trail cameras. And I didn't want to do it alone, so I brought on a good friend of mine, a fellow member, uh, avid hunter of the Winchester Hunt Camp, comes up every year with us, um, my good friend, uh, Will Fawcett. Um, Will has a style of hunting that uh, a lot of guys don't do. Uh, I do partially, but I'm still guilty of sitting in tree stands a lot. Will is a, a run-and-gun hunter. He loves to, to pick an area head out that way in the morning, find the best spot to sit, crack his chair open, and he has an eye for picking the right spot. Um, I can't even tell you how many times he's been hanging deer on our pole out back, so his method is very successful, but that's not the main reason why I brought Will on. I brought Will on because me and him have a new adventure we're heading into this fall, um, if you guys are following me on Instagram right now, you might have seen a picture a couple of days ago about two guys hanging in a tree on uh, these things called tree saddles. Yeah, that's my new adventure this year. I am super pumped to try this thing out. I uh, was over at Will's tonight, and I got to try his on, and it is phenomenal. I cannot wait to get my own and start doing this. Um that part of the conversation i can tell you i'll leave the rest of it up to it but it is at the end of the podcast we save the best for last um so i hope you guys enjoy i do apologize if you hear a little bit of an echo in the background i went to will's house instead of having him come to my little dungeon here in the basement to record and he's got uh almost a cathedral ceiling it's a high ceiling so it has kind of an echo in it but i still think it's really really good quality taping and you guys are really going to enjoy it so uh like always sit back kick your feet up and grab a cold one and enjoy this to get started i guess what we're going to do is we're going to discuss some uh, tree stand types that I've used, and I'm gonna ask Will about the same thing. Um, we'll start off with your uh, grandpa's generic wooden stand. The lovely wooden stand that everybody hates to climb every year because they're not sure if you're gonna be the one that falls out of it or not. We've got, all got them. We all enjoy hunting them because they're very comfortable, but they have their limitations as well as their, their, uh, their good things, I guess you could say. so. My pros for a wooden tree stand is, is they're very comfy. You can build them to whatever way you want to build them. Whatever style, whatever height, whatever size you want. Um, I have one personally, it's very large. It's four by four, it has a 16 foot ladder on it. I use this stand basically so that I can get both my kids in with me at the same time. And uh, I do hunt it myself in the late season. Um, so. Is it closed in, Drew? It is semi-closed in. This year I plan on putting a, uh, a roof on it. But uh, that's uh, that's uh, getting a little extreme in my opinion sometimes. But I mean, like, when they got the kids out, you know what I mean? Yeah. You got to do it. So Tin, tin roof like up at the camp? Yeah, tin roof like up at mm-hmm. the camp. Yep. Yeah. The only thing I won't have is uh, the beautiful lazy seats. I have a bench in it that uh, can be moved in and out with a backing on it. Last year, I was actually using an umbrella as a top. Nice. So it was, yeah, it, was, it, was, yeah. it works, it all works. Yeah. So it was pretty good. What about you? Wooden stands, pros or uh, cons? Hmm. I don't... Let's go pros first. Let's go pros. Pros, probably, like you said, you could stick them wherever you want, and, and they're there. You don't have to worry about them. They're there the next season. That's probably the biggest pro that I could think of. Like, if you... If you do find an area where you're thinking like, oh, we're gonna maybe see some deer, or you know, there is lots of runways going through, it's it's there, it's ready to go. You're not in and out, I guess. You know, plus you're out of weather thing. too, right? Yeah. So that's a big thing I would think with it is, like I said, mine semi it blocks uh, blocks a lot of the wind, so it uh, it works good. Yeah, and provides good uh, shelter in those winter months that we uh, like to hunt in. 
as we are avid hunters and if we haven't filled our tag we're all the way out there till the end of december december 31st is the end of our season so another thing is like they are pretty sketchy too like i've climbed some pretty sketchy wood stands yeah last year we had uh, um a stand that i climbed up and when i got to the top the top rum ripped right off up the camp no 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 that was that one of my other stands there down here and uh from that point on, we, we, we climbed back down and kicked the bottom five runs off so nobody would climb it again. And It works. Yeah, it works. So I guess that'd be the cons for it all is that uh, they rot. They're dangerous. I think they creak a lot too. Like if you're not um, driving screws in them every year, there's really no point in, in, in using them because they're just going to keep creaking and creaking. So, yeah. um, oh, they're good. They got on the, on, the, on the same sense, you can look at it this way, at our camp for instance. Um, Byers Carpentry, they built. Shout out to uh, Byers Carpentry. Shout out to Byers Carpentry. They um, they built a four by five stand with a tin roof five years ago. Yep, probably. And it yep. looks the same today as it did when they built it, other than it's a little bit of a faded brown paint on it, but it's still upholding real well and it doesn't even move. To be honest with you, the ladder rotted though. That was a bad part. Yeah. But it was uh, it was an old one that we put on in the first place, right? So. Oh, some nice nice heights too. Like. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. So, I do enjoy them. It is a comfy set. So, like I Throw said. Throw a heater in there with you. Yeah. So uh, I guess the next one is uh, ladder stands. We'll go to oh. singles and two mans. The clinky old metal ladder stands. I do enjoy them as they're easy to uh, to set up. Like if you're just going for like I'll say for my bear hunt, for instance, we only go up for a couple weeks when we go up to Chalk River. So it's easy to slam up a uh, metal stand because we're not allowed to put um, permanent wooden structures on Crown Land yeah. where our camp is. So like they work real well. Lean them right up and they're there permanently on your, on your bait. So they work good. But uh, I find the two mans are a lot better, in my opinion, than the singles. Because you got a spot for your book bag. Yeah. I don't know if I'd sit up there with two guys, to be honest with you. I'd been up there with a friend of mine, and it was pretty wobbly. Yeah. Maybe, but, good, maybe a good-looking girl or something. Yeah, <laughs> maybe a good-looking girl. Mm-hmm. But my wife. Yeah, that's <laughs> but, right. Uh, yeah, it, uh, no, it's, uh, it's definitely a, um, a, a tool you can use if you're going to utilize the same area you're hunting, I guess you would say. If you're, it's the same thing you could use for a wooden stand, except for if you can't put a wooden stand up, you might as well put a, a ladder stand, right? So louder, louder. <laughs> it's a louder, crappier version of a wood stand, as far as I'm yeah. kind of. I, I, I do not like them. They're, I never liked them. I, I tried them for years, and I just they're so loud, and I, the amount of rigging you have to bring in to get one up, and oh, it's just. And no matter what you do, right? Like yeah. they, even if you tape them and everything, I find oh, like. I know. In the in the cold, they're worse. They they as soon as you grab it, like and first thing I usually do is when I come to a stand, I give it a shake for a minute, yeah. even though you shouldn't. But I'm gonna make more noise breaking that frost, climbing up it, than just kind of pushing against it when I get to the stand. Yeah. So and and the seats that are the seats that are in them, you know, in cold weather, they're cracking and they're yeah. loud, and there's yeah. ice built up on them. And, and Velcro straps to hold them on. Yeah. So I know there are some probably uh, better quality ones out there that have taken into account for this but uh me being my uh, diy kind of guy i don't have the coin for these six seven hundred dollar stands so we stick with what we got but they work but they do work they do work we get you and if you end up well let's just say for like this year in hunting wise like our we have an extra guy coming up so like for an extra spot we can throw that stand up and we have another permanent structure for the week so there's a couple i think i think we have a couple more maybe we can put coming up mine's still up there so yep. works out good well like we said loud i'd say would be the the con of it um it is bulky to carry in so it's hard to carry in by yourself we usually use atvs to bring them in i have carried my single in on my back which was really hard to do yeah, and it was loud it was very very loud <laughs> so um in the winter time what we'll usually do is we'll throw them in that uh that sled that ice fishing sled oh yeah, yeah. and we'll drag it in that way so it's not as noisy, but it's still noisy when you got to put them together and put them up. So, yep. and uh, that would lead me to my one of my favorites. I'll say is what I've been using for the last couple of years. Yep. Um, my climber. I'm running a, a Summit 180, and I think 
it allows me to get into spots that you wouldn't realize that you could get into in my opinion you know what i mean like so when instead of putting a, a fixed structure somewhere you climb one tree one day but you notice that the deer movement is a little bit farther over mm-hmm. and as a bow hunter i am everything comes down to feet right like mm-hmm. the closer they are the better you are mm-hmm. the better shot you are you're more confident with it so you can easily get down if you notice even during the day like all the deer are moving too far away from your shot I'm gonna get down real quick with that climber. I'm gonna move in. I'm gonna find another tree. Yeah. I'm gonna climb it. Which a lot of times the first set is you don't really know what's going on. Yeah. There. You know you gotta make the move a lot of times. Yeah, and that's exactly what it is. So like, sometimes you come in the dark, you pick the wrong tree. I've done that many times too. Like have one marked out. They all look the same. You climb it in the middle of the like, dark. When you get up there, you're like, I should have been over ten yards on that tree over there. I made the wrong yeah. turn. It all happens sometimes, but I like the fact that it's, uh, you can pretty much climb without having to, to establish your area. Um, the only thing that's a downside to doing that too, I guess with cons is that, is that it, if you don't prep your area first too, you might have no shooting lanes. Right? So you go in before season and, and trim, trim up your Depends on the area. area. Like some of the bushes we have down here are overgrown and thick so they're it's necessary like i have to go in in july and august and i'll take the climber in and i climb up it's not too many spots that i have to do this in but there are some and i climb up and i just clean laneways a nice like three foot laneway up through the trees like it's yeah. i don't disturb anything below no, me but, but i'm saying like like are you trimming the tree oh yeah yeah the tree itself if, it, if the tree itself needs to be trimmed yeah for sure 100 so percent um but you can run and gun without it right yeah. you know what i mean like you're always carrying a uh your your saw and your pack anyways so you can run and gun and, and move trees um yeah. from what i was taught is branch falling in the bush doesn't really alarm a deer although the sound of a saw does yes right yeah. so if you can do it quiet enough but like a branch breaking isn't like so if they physically can't see or hear you cutting yeah. that and but they do hear the branch fall from 16 feet and yes. crash and break in pieces that's kind of different than what you're They're hearing do. stuff all day. Yeah. Else yeah they'd exactly. Be, they'd be in, they'd be running all day. Yeah. So it's, it's got its pros and cons. Another con I would say with the climber is, is uh, they're built lightweight. They're always out of metal and we all know what metal does when you clink it. Right. So, and even like not metal on metal, metal to the, to the, the tree itself, mm-hmm. there's still that dud or dull noise. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you hit that tree, that metal. So like, and then the uh, excessive noise you're, you're making when it's gripping into the actual bark, so. And like, uh, I don't know, yeah, like size of trees? Like yeah, you're trees. restricted, right? Yeah. So you're restricted to about, I'd say an 18 inch tree would be the comfortable part. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't want to get out too much farther than the, the width of the stand. Then you're wanting to pull the outside of the stand and you, you might have a crack, right? Excuse yeah. me. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know much about them never but uh i like them just for the simple fact that it's like i said it's accessible you can get up quick you can pick a different spot my seat on mine's like a hammock yeah so like it's very comfy i find it more comfy than a wooden stand or a regular seat yeah so it works out good that it's way fairly safe i'd say so you still have to wear your harness when you're going up you still have to wear your harness in the stand just to hook it on the back just to let you know i mean if the thing happens yeah. so i can tell you a story what happened with mine once um and I was lucky I was only about six, eight feet above the ground, but I've heard stories of guys like up 20 feet hanging there with no bottom. So my strap broke after years of use, and I decided I don't need to put that new one back on. It connects the top. What's to that made of? The, the strap, it's just yeah. a rope. It's just a rope. Right? Yeah. And it wears through eventually, yeah. you put a new one on. I just wrote, I just put a new one on mine actually last year. But, so it connects the bottom with the top. Yeah. So that if the bottom slips out, it can only go so far down. Oh, right, not yeah. out of your reach. Well, I didn't have that, and I got up about six, maybe eight feet, I'd say, and the bottom let go, and I heard it clink down like three times until it hit the bottom of the tree. Oh. And lucky I could just hang from the middle of the stand. Yeah, kind of. And then I got, I was, I was only about a foot and a half from the ground, so I just dropped straight down on my yeah. feet, which was fine. But I mean, if I was up 20 feet in the tree, I'm not hanging and dropping another 16, yeah. right? So, like, that's, that's a, a, a yeah. con to that if you don't have a strap. So, like, have your cell phone on you. Yeah, more than likely that would have hit the ground too. <laughs> yeah, but so, but it's accessible. I enjoy it. It was uh, 
It's part of the, the big setup I've been doing for years. I've been running it with my bare baits so that I'm not leaving a permanent stand on uh, Crown Land. Yeah. Plus, I don't have too many ladder stands. So it's just easy me easy for me to pick different locations with one stand that I can move around in. Yeah. So yeah. most of these stands um, that we're, we're doing either way, whether it be steel or metal, or sorry, steel or wood or climber or everything like that, you're probably sitting over a spot that we run trail cams on, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I know you don't run a lot of trail cams. Yeah, no. I do. Yeah. Um, mostly for inventory, to see what I got. I don't necessarily use it to say like I'm tracking one buck because I can't say that I'm that kind of hunter. Yeah. Um, what I can say is that I'm using it to, to find out the age class of my deer. Um, if I have any mature does as I have a doe tag this year. And yeah, like everybody wants, they want to see that buck on camera, right? And I know I got a couple on there. Um, so it's nice to see them, but you can't hunt pictures, right? Photographers. You're photographers, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. So I'm basically using mine to justify which way I know they're coming from so that I can backtrack them to figure out where they are at like a certain point. Mm -hmm. So what's your thoughts on trail cameras? Um, well, I did... I did frig around with trail cameras for a while and I found it just frustrating more than anything, you know, I'm, I'd get into a good area and I'd, I don't know, I just, I wanted to go check that camera so much and I was constantly in and I've ruined, I feel like I've ruined more good spots than, than, uh, you know, than I've, you know, I don't know. I think we've yeah. all been guilty of that. Yeah. Just, just wanted to get out there and make sure you have that picture, right? Yeah, and that's just me. I'm just I'm kind of high strung, and I just wanted to get out there and check it. And I guess I was doing it wrong, obviously. I, you know, you got to let them soak a bit. But we've done it too, man. Check yep. them every two or three days, just yeah, because you know you got that one picture, and then you all of a sudden excited. you're frustrated because that buck has disappeared, but you don't yeah. realize you've gone in there and like scenting, scent control too. Like I don't, I that's a whole different topic in itself for for another day. But in general, like. I, I still use my scent control regiment now when I go check my trail cameras mm -hmm. because I never did before. Yep. I try to leave as much, sorry, as little scent in the bush as I can when I leave so that it's not disturbed. Um, this year seems to be the best. I've had a lot of a lot of pictures. Um, just last week I had uh, 2,053 Holy. on one camera, but I, I lost every buck on camera for six days. Yep. So. I know they're transitioning in their feeding patterns. The beans are starting to turn yellow. The yeah, acorns are just starting fast. to drop. I know the velvet's coming off, so I'm assuming that's why they change patterns. This spot, I usually get bucks early season, mm -hmm. and then for a little bit, they move away. Like, you won't get them as much, and then yeah. right around gun season, they all just start pouring back in, yeah. which is pretty good that way. But uh, I don't have access to the properties around me, so I don't yeah. know where they move in between that time yeah. to figure it out. But I would use my cameras to tell me when they're coming back, you know, when they're back in the area. Yeah. And that's what I've been doing. It's, so it's a, it's a tool. Like you might like, well, might as well use it, you know, like, and I just, I'm just guilty and just, I'm busy too. And it, not that that's a good excuse, but you know, I'd rather spend my time when I do have time to get out. I'd rather just walk the bush and, and try to find stuff. Do you, do you like the element stuff. of surprise? Yes, very much. It's better, eh? <laughs> I'd like to not know what's coming. Yeah. <laughs> My biggest thing is when you get into that, you look at, I got a monster on camera. Yeah. So you pass up a really nice buck because you know you got a That's real right. bigger one. That's right. But you may never ever see that bigger one. I, I don't have that problem. I can't. No, I know you don't. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a good thing about you, man. Yeah. You, always, uh, you always set your mind to something and you always get it done. So it's good that way. I like yeah. that. No, every so we've always been pretty successful every year. Like last year, did you get a deer last year? Uh, at the camp is what I'm getting at. Did I get a deer last year? No, I don't. What happened last year? Snow. Ryan did right. No, I didn't get a no, deer. Kevin no, Kevin got no. one last year. Kevin got one. Uh, yeah, I, mean, yeah. Deer, I don't know. You had two though, didn't you? Kevin got one. Bill Kev, got one. I don't know. Jeez, I forget. I don't even know. Anyway, but it was a good year. It was a good year. I, I had the best year ever, just following tracks around, running. I know. Running I never. Uh, I've never been up there when it had snow. It was awesome. And I was honestly jealous until I heard the whole stories of the cars and the getting stuck oh, and stuff. Geez. But uh, yeah. up until that point, I was like literally jealous of the fact that 
you can start tracking. I know. Because it it's all grass up there. There's no tracks. There's barely any mud other yeah. than like a water hole that yeah. you look, but that doesn't lead you anywhere. But like tracks would just be. It was awesome. It was cool. Like I would chase deer all day. Like, and I, I saw the odd deer, like I jumped the odd deer, but it was, it was cool. I just, you learn a lot too, following deer around. Yeah. We have a similar hunting style, I think. That's yeah. why I like uh, hunting with you. Well, it's, yeah, uh, you, you learn, learn a lot. I, I yeah. prefer to learn, uh, you know. I say, I say some of the best the best learning experiences are when you get lost. Yeah, yeah. You just walk around, you find everything. It yeah. sucks because you panic for the first little bit, and then you're like, nah, yeah, I'm just going to enjoy it. Wherever I pop out, I pop out. And, yeah, and, and you can't really get lost, you know, like up there. No, no, you you be walking for a bit, a couple maybe. It's going to suck. You might have to walk eight hours before you walk out on the road. Yeah. But it's all surrounded by roads. Yeah. So it's 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 a big chunk of timber, but it's not like and crazy it's nice too. Like yeah, it's all kind of like yeah, open. Just, yeah, open and it's there's good. A, it's 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 a beautiful terrain. Eh? The rolling terrain up yeah. there. And that nice little cedar bog that's there, and there's swamp. And yeah. It's cool. I just I just you know I'm kind of like to see what's around every corner type that's the thing that wants me to make to explore that uh, chunk of crown land that's just on the other side of the next property from us yes yes that's like 800 acres of open wilderness Christine. that we can rock it yeah so that's one of my goals soon is like yeah. once i feel enough comfortability to to, yeah. to venture over there that's what i'm doing that way soon but like we said people we had a surprise for you there's a reason why i brought willie on this uh <laughs> But before we go on, guys, I want to take a break for our podcast sponsor. Hey, guys, I just want to take a couple seconds to thank our podcast sponsors, Buyers Carpentry Incorporated. Now, if you guys are like me, you save your money your whole life so that when you retire, you can buy that forever dream property, that property that has that beautiful flowing stream full of fish, that houses Boone and Crockett bucks, and has an abundance of wild game. Yeah, that property. When you get it, you're going to need to build a building, a hunt camp, or a cottage. Somewhere to bring your friends and family to enjoy the same aspects of your life that you do. And I wouldn't think of anybody else better to build that for you than Buyer's Carpentry. These guys are efficient, polite, and they'll build the suit. They'll sit down with you, they'll design your project, they'll build it from the ground up, and you will love it for the rest of your life. You need to give Kevin and Ken a call at 613-223-0620 or you can find them on Facebook at Buyers Carpentry Incorporated. Check them out, guys. It's well worth it. podcast was, uh, I've been looking into getting into saddle hunting for probably, I'd say, maybe four or five months I've been looking into it. I, I never even knew... This was a thing. When I come out of college, I had took an aboriculture course, and I can remember hanging from that tree thinking, this is probably gonna be one of the coolest things if I could deer hunt out of one of these things. But I never knew this was an actual thing. I never knew of saddle hunting. So I run by a couple friends, and they were all kind of chuckling a little bit, and some of them think it's kind of dangerous and whatnot. And out of the blue, I get this text from Will, who says, uh, hey man, you ever thought of saddle hunting? And I literally like just, blew my mind i said holy christ man i said you're the first person i should have texted i said of all these people i've been talking to about it i said the only guy that i would have thought of done it was the only guy i never never even asked the hydro worker that climbs poles all day but uh so i got running ideas by him and and willie has designed his own harness and it is awesome i literally got to try it tonight i think i could sit in it for six hours like he kept trying to want me to adjust it, but it was just like amazingly comfortable. Yeah, it was oh, awesome. Yeah. I want you to tell people how how you built this thing. Okay, so basically what I did was uh, I I went on Amazon and and I found this. Basically, I should start off with how I you know found out about this. So yeah, like, yeah. Give me your whole background. Yeah. So basically, it was I don't know. I've always wanted to do it. I always wanted to climb with. Like use what I use at work and climb, climb trees with my spurs and and figure out something something that I could do up there. But I had no idea how I was going to do it. I was going to use like my work belt. Yeah. But it was way too uncomfortable. And then I was listening to 
it was it was a podcast with uh, John Eberhardt. Oh, uh, Wired to Hunt. Wired to Hunt. Wired to Hunt. Yeah. So I was listening to that with John Eberhardt, and he was talking about the saddle. I was like, I have no idea what this is. So then I went on YouTube and I was watching. And it was like this is like this is easy. Like you know, it's fairly basic, and I already have all the rigging. So I went on Amazon. I found uh, this sit dragon. Basically. It's not to be used at heights, it says, because um, it's not, you know, it's it's basically just a just a butt seat with two D loops. Yeah. And there's a tether around the tree that comes down to you, and you're just, you know, just what you see on, you know, if you Google saddle hunting, that's what it's gonna look like. Yeah. But it's made for like gun hunting and stuff like off the ground, like you just kind of you can pivot around the tree. So I took that and then. You know, it wasn't it wasn't safe to climb with. There was no there was no buckle to attach it to me. Like, so I just basically I went to a seamstress and got got this rigged up where I made a little back support. It kind of lengthened it out across the back, and uh, got it done. Yeah, pretty and got pretty, it pretty sweet buckle on the front. Too. Yeah, and a nice buckle on the front, and I got it all sewed up, and so now I can I can safely climb with it. So basically. What I'm doing now is I have my pack with my spurs, and I'm climbing to basically whatever. Tr- I'm walking, walking the bush, looking for a sign, and and if I find hot enough sign that I want to sit, what I'll do is I'll just drop my pack, take my spurs out, throw my spurs on my saddle, hike up to whatever height I need to be at, depending on where the cover is. Like I don't like to climb too high, maybe. Generally, 15 feet would be the most. I, you know, depending. It all yeah. depends. But from there, I'm using. Uh, I call it a secondary belt. I think they call it uh, a Roman. Yeah. So it, it's a. It's basically a one-way. It's a mechanical. Oh, your Roman lamp lock. Yes. Yeah. So it, you can cinch it up, and and it holds you. And if you hold the tree, and and press the button, you can. Release it. Lean back into it. Yeah, release it. So, yeah, I call it a secondary belt. And, you know, I have some from work and stuff. So I got them and uh, I'm climbing to hunting height. And then I'm wrapping another rope around as my tether and back onto my bridge. And and I'm taking my spurs off. And that's her. And you're you're using... uh pegs eh I see yeah, that for the bottom yeah. around the tree yes yeah, I'm basically just I'm, I'm sure that I'm still I'm by no means a expert on this at yeah. all like I'm still figuring this out but I already had these steps which was big because I don't like to spend lots of money yeah and, so uh, and I like to basically walk in as minimal as I can so it was just easy for me to throw those in my belly pack and Describe that too, because that that's a pretty so, neat thing you got. Yeah. So when I put my when I put my saddle on, I have a little what do you call it like an oversized fanny pack. Yeah, something? it'd be a bigger fanny pack. Yeah. So basically, but it's it's got a thick belt. Yeah. So everything's in like sequential order. So like I'm only making one trip up the tree and I'm hunting. So like I have I have my called belly pack. It's got my spikes in it. Yep. And it's got my tether and everything's in sequential order so when I climb the tree it's, it's right there and it's I'm I have two hands free right because I'm attached to the tree it's, a, it's really safe all right well so uh, give me the reason why you got into mobile hunting so basically uh, I guess it all started uh, when I first started hunting I haven't been hunting really that long I guess probably I don't know if it's been 10 years maybe Wait, what, what age did you start at? Do you remember? Oh, maybe, I have no idea, maybe 16? I, I don't know. I started when I was 21, yeah. so. Yeah. But anyways, but going. Anyway, I didn't have really a mentor really take me out. I was just kind of. Your mom and dad, or your mom and no, dad, like nobody no, on it? No, like, no, nobody. Like, it was basically like. You're like me, grew, man. Grew up on a farm. Might did a little um, bit of fishing, but not a lot of hunting. A lot of, I went lake trail fishing. That's where it all kind of really started. But, uh. Basically, shooting groundhogs around the farm was all I did until I got the taste for venison and I was like, ooh, I'm, I'm all in. You're hooked. Yeah, so 
I started hunting around. There's a great big swamp out by my uncle's, and I started started hunting there, and basically just started ground hunting with the bow, and just started frigging around and trying to see if I can get on something, and didn't have a whole lot of luck. You know, a lot of deer blew at me, and I was, you know, I. You didn't, know, you didn't know about the wind back then, probably either. Well, right? I, or I, you I tried. I, I tried, but there's a lot. There's a lot that goes into it. Yeah, there's really. a lot more factors yeah. than that, eh? But anyway, it, I was getting blown out a lot more than anything, and I, it's hard to, it's hard to hunt from the ground in the swamp. You know, you can't see. So I threw up. Uh, my uncle helped me build a nice big loom stand, and I found this really, really great spot in between two basically cattail like just up to your hips like just dirty sections and there was a nice little nice little pinch that come through and I said okay here we go I'm gonna I'm gonna do her this year so I put up a tree stand and the first couple of years saw like I was like this is awesome like I'm, I was seeing all kinds of deer and this was like November I was seeing all kinds of deer and I ended up cracking uh first two seasons I got deer out of it and I was and then I started like, oh, okay, this is this is the spot, and this was literally the only spot that I was hunting. So I just kept on go, same path to get in, same everything. Walk into that tree stand, hunt it, and I was got to the point where I was seeing like quite a few deer, and I was hunting it like all the time. Yeah, you get excited. Like, as much as I could get out, I was hunting it, and I noticed like I started seeing less and less deer. Like third season, I hardly saw anything. Like it was like it was terrible. And I'm like, what's What's going on and I was like I can't figure it out so I went for a great big walk and there was like there was literally a trail like well past me like on the other side of this great it was probably maybe like 100 yards and they, they had, you could see where the deer had completely figured me out because I'm walking the same trail and you could see where the deer had just completely bypassed me and went around me I'm like this is no good I can't I can't really do this I can't ground hunt because I can't see yeah. to, to, to stay mobile and I can't sit in the same spot and access it from the same spot because they're just pinning me down like it's 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 not going to work so then I started using the sticks and a hang on and that's it was loud and and basically that's that's what I know I just I just kind of moved on from that I, it was loud and heavy and I find them hard too to try to pull up and hook on all the time. Yeah. Especially if you're running a gun and pulling them in with yourself. But if you're leaving them out there, I guess it's Yeah, and it's like yeah. Unless you have unless you have like we were saying that roadman. Yeah. And you have two hands free, it's like it can get a little sketchy too. Trying yeah. to do it by yourself. Because I didn't have any bone I'm just frigging around by myself. But uh yeah, that's that's kinda how I got into it. What made you go into saddle hunting? Uh it was Other basically, than like it was, yeah, it was basically work, like because I I always wanted to do it. I'm like, how can I, how can I use what I use at work to get into a tree? Because I know it works. Like like I've climbed all kinds of trees, and I'm like, why wouldn't I just use this? I already have all the gear. I just have to figure out how to sit there. Oh, yeah. And that's the big thing. Like everyone says, like there's no way that's comfortable. It's like it is come very. Sit in the, come sit in the dryer. I can tell you, I've watched a lot of guys uh, videos of guys. Um, saddle hunting and the different various methods they use to get up in the tree yeah but i'm telling you your spur method mm -hmm. is probably my favorite thing i've seen yeah because you're not carrying a bunch of bulky pegs no it's you know what i mean you're not carrying a bunch of dangling noisy sticks yeah. you got two sets that you can hook on your belt like you told me yeah you put them on you climb the tree you either put them back in your bag or you hang them above you on a tree branch yeah. they seem to be yeah. the best part of that so i think yeah, that's the route i'll go it's if if you can get onto it and practice and you know if, if there's a trio back and just and just go up and down and, and just try it it's it's quiet and it's like i would say it would cut your time like at least in half yeah to get up the tree and your mobility man that's the biggest thing with that new 35 inch bow i have yeah. like i'm gonna be able to swing that thing everywhere without having to worry about clinking it off the front of my stand yeah. Or anything else like that. The, like. The, the thing I don't know, because I haven't had any deer in front of me with this with this saddle, is is it going to be a lot of moving? I don't oh. know. You can you can limit. Like, it's not going. If you think about it, it's not going to be much more than a tree stand. A tree stand, you still have yeah. to get up and 
if a deer is at if a deer is coming in behind you to the right and your left and your right hand shot, you're still gonna have to swing at some point. Yeah, you go around the back side of the tree though. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna. It's the only to way you're gonna make it with the shot. Right. I tried this the other day because like, if not, your uh, uh, the belt bridge, around your bridge. bridge it actually gets in, in your way when you try to draw underneath or whatever. Yeah. So it's easier to swing around the tree. You're saying if the deer is behind you on your right? Yeah. So what what I what I do now is is I can I can like completely like owl head turn around the tree. Like Oh yeah? Yeah. I didn't I guess I didn't I guess I'll have to be able to, to try this once I get into it too. Like you're saying you're saying you have to go over your bridge? Yeah. To go no, like if you're going like this, but if I wanted to go around the back side of the tree you got to push yourself around it because I can't switch hands. You know what I mean? Okay. Yes. So. Yeah. 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 It's it's all and it's just practice. Like most of my time spent when I'm when I'm frigging around in the backyard is just getting into different angles and and you can get them all. You can get yeah. everything. You got three sixty. I think as for your movement, it'd be almost better because you you even though you are moving, there's no noise to it. You know what I mean? It's all rolling. Like you're you're all slow moving. Yeah. Whereas if you're on a tree stand, the minute you even move an inch, it cracks and yeah. creaks. And then that's what I think attracts the deer's head up because yeah. they hear the noise of metal or wood cracking in a tree that's yeah. not similar to a tree branch. Yeah. And if, if you, I'm sure if you took a picture of me up in a tree in my saddle with a guy in a tree stand, yeah. it, it's, you're, it, you're, it looks natural. Yeah, and the like, way you're coming off the tree. like you show me to to rest towards a tree instead of like pushing out with your legs and you're like setting with your knees up, you wouldn't look like much more than a little bump on that that yeah. lot or that yeah. trunk itself. So, and if and if you don't want to shoot a deer coming in, which I don't generally pass up too many. Deer, yeah, but if I don't if I don't want to shoot that deer, you can hide you can hide very easily. Yeah, you just swing to wherever get get that tree in between you and the deer, and I feel like you can you can hide. I don't know, you know. I haven't, I haven't even hunted out of it yet. This is all just... This is all speculation yeah. right now in our backyards, right? That's yeah, so cool. Yeah. I still think the best idea with the whole thing is that, like, you literally, when you buy this thing, you just bought yourself a million tree stands. Yeah. At any tree you want to put it in it, yeah. any time you want to put it in it, any place. Leaning, lean, leaning, leaning trees are yeah. even better. Because you can climb up and basically the same thing you want. You can climb up easier, and it's, it's more comfortable on a leaning tree sometimes. Yeah. You can, you can do anything. Yeah. And I always thought too is like if you got like you get one of those lovely big huge oaks that have those big massive like branches, oh. you're hanging from the one above it, but you might be able to rest on the one yeah. below it. You know what yeah. I mean? And that and that's another thing like uh, like if you're climbing, I, I have a pouch sewed onto the back too, where I can I'm I'm if there's a big you know if there's a big branch in my road, I can yeah. just kind of saw it off quietly and drop it down, and I can belt around it. Even if she's big, I guess you could tie your little rope onto it and lower it down yep. slowly too, yep. right? So yeah, I know. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Oh, I'd, uh, I'm definitely pretty partial to these now, and I'm pretty pumped that uh, you're yeah. into it. Give me someone to That's talk mean. to about it. It's, so it's it's fun. It's yeah, fun too. It definitely is. Yeah, it's just uh, so far. I'm I don't, I don't want to be like uh, oh I don't know the word to use, but favoritable I guess to it. Yeah. But I don't I don't really see a whole lot of cons other than you might have to adjust it to you yourself right after a while like you're going to take time yeah. to have to sit in it to yeah. find how long you can sit in it yeah. comfortably without having to adjust or what you don't yeah. have to move again that's right. what i mean so so when, whenever i first got the set drag sit drag i should say like yeah it it was a little like it would pinch you like and that's why i just kind of rigged it up myself and yeah. and you know i fitted it so it fit me and and it's it's very comfortable. Like I was out. Well, Shelby watches me there. I'm out and I'm uh, I'm climbing around and swinging and you know I'll be out there for an hour and a half firing the bow off and and practicing and and I'm fine. Like and it's it's fun too. Like it's it's fun to hunt. Like because yes. I was getting frustrated. Like I got to the point with with my tree stands and everything where it was just I was using sticks and and everything else and it was I was getting frustrated. I'm like how how can I stay mobile but but uh, you know, not having to pack a whole bunch of loud stuff yeah. in the bush. It's just not it's, having to carry a stand every it's time. It's fun again. It's fun again. Yeah, basically. this stuff you can wear just like your regular gear. Yeah, you're walking in. You're not very much bulkier than you normally are. I'm not worried about it anymore because I'm worried like, oh, I'm gonna make so much noise. I can just yeah. actually focus on what I need to focus on to 
try to kill a deer. Yeah, man. That's the one thing I always find hard when I'm carrying my climber in is just to make sure I'm not taking it off something like a little branch that yep. sticks out or something. And everything on the side was cloth Except, well, or material yep. and rope. There's the carabiners. But they're all tucked into your bag. You don't get them out till you get to the stand, right? So it's you're never going to clank on anything. And you heard me climb the tree tonight. It was... And what'd you say? You waited up the other night with Shelby. It was time you climbed about 10 feet? Yeah, so I started... I climbed up, yeah, probably 12 feet maybe to my feet. And I... I, uh, I tied off and I was sitting in my saddle with the bow in my hand and everything packed, hung up. And it was like seven minutes. Yeah, and I and I was taking my time. Like, I'm almost sometimes longer than that in regular trees. Yeah. By the time you're done climbing it all in and up to the thing, you know. know. So, but yeah, but, like, I, but I, you have to get used to it too, because like I'm I'm used to it from work and stuff, right? Yep. And that's the thing I think I'm gonna have to adjust to is that uh, like I don't use it for a profession, so you have a little bit more advantage on me like that. And uh, I think the biggest downfall that I have is I don't have any trees in my backyard. Mm-hmm. I got a, my neighbor's crab apple tree that I've been hanging out of, yeah. which, which which I can, yeah, I can <laughs> hang out. We can, we can drink a couple yeah, pints up yeah, in the tree, yeah. eh? Yeah. Might as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, no, I, I honestly, I think this is the new way I'm going to be going. Instead of spending all this money on other stands, I think I'm going to spend the money, build it, or buy one that is just going to be perfect for me. And, man, I'm just going to run that for the, for a while. Till I either get too old to do it or maybe I'll make my make one for you and I'll charge you like two hundred bucks. Say, well, come on, man, <laughs> discount, discount. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's uh, definitely something that's been been good. So, so you're looking forward to this upcoming season, man? Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty pumped. I uh, did a bit of scouting and I was out in spring and looked around and liked what I saw. I've been hunting around here now. I moved. Moved out this way. Yeah, he's uh, still working up a little north, but uh, he's living just yeah. a couple of streets over now. So <laughs> moved yeah. down to the yeah. So there's lots of lots of crown around, and I'm excited to yeah. I like bouncing around on that too. I really enjoy it. Like um, I find the crown down here, you're not you're not shooting no Boone and Crockett buck. You're lucky you get 120 inch. Like we don't like. It pretty much if if it's got horns on it in our area and you're on crown land someone's dropping it you're not you're not really going to see that deer three or four years like you want to like you hear all these guys talking about so what i like to do is i like to try to find one and or two or three i'm not going to pinpoint one thing but at least i know the area there's a decent one in yep and minute he stops showing up again on camera i move to the next one yeah because i'm not going to wait around you never know last year no, it was two years ago. I had 11 different bucks that I would say would be anywhere from two and a half to four and a half years old. Yep. And in one month, every one of them disappeared. So I don't know if somebody in shot. O- in October? No, in November. In November. So I don't know. And then to top it all off, I brought my cousin out. Uh, this was two years ago. So I brought my cousin out, yep. put him in a stand. And it was uh, the last Sunday of muzzleloader. And the morning hunt, we counted 27 shots in our area. Holy so boom. it's like boom boom is more shots dead, than anything dead, dead. so it's just like you gotta you gotta set your goals realistic right yeah. so like my realistic goal for this year is like i want to shoot a mature deer mm-hmm. and whether that be a buck or a doe i'm gonna try to aim at a three and a half year old i know for a fact i got three and a half year old does i got some big does yeah. and if i gotta put a tag on that i'll be more than happy but uh I'm not gonna lie. I'd like to be hanging another set of horns on my wall. I know you can't eat horns, can't. but you can eat the 200 yeah. pounds that come with it. I can tell you that much. So, so it's oh, uh, one good. of those things. So. Yep, right on. But yeah, I think the season's gonna be pretty good. Like coming up to the camp, uh, we always have a blast. I get to come up with you guys the second week again. Good. So I'm coming up first week normally, like I do with my family. Mm-hmm. Um, bringing up Becky and the kids Friday night, Saturday night, and they're leaving Sunday. Um, we're bought, coming up yeah Sunday. buyers told me you guys are all coming up Sunday so then I'm going to hunt with you Sunday Monday and Tuesday nice and get three days of hunting in. I'll fill all your tags for yeah, you if I have to might as well, might as well. <laughs> so yeah no it's going to be a good time so I'm, I'm pretty pumped it's, yep. it, it just come up on us real quick eh? I know like it was like I just looked at him like it's 11 days before deer season it's, opens it's right gonna now it's going to be gone just as fast too. So, hey, and I don't know it'll be, it's 11 days I guess from the podcast we're recording right now but by the time you guys hear it I think it'll be like a week mm-hmm. so everybody will be getting pretty antsy I got a couple of buddies up north there that they got some nice bucks um, and they've been sending me pictures and I've been watching them on the internet so hope those guys smash some of them and 
So all in all, I think this went pretty good, buddy. What about you? Yep. Do it again one time. Oh, yeah, so. yeah that's right. So. Yep. Um. All right, guys. I want to take this time to thank you for listening to episode two of the Whippoorwill podcast. Without you guys, I literally all I'd be doing is sitting in my basement talking to myself. So I really do appreciate you guys allowing me to connect with you guys on on everything that drives me about hunting. So. From the bottom of my heart, I thank you guys again. I also want to throw out a couple thanks to uh, my guest, Will. I had a blast. I hope we can do this again. It was very fun having somebody else to talk with about stuff. Even though I get a little excited and talk fast, I do really enjoy this. So I apologize if I uh, confuse some people sometimes, but I'll get better at it, I promise. Um... I want to throw out a big shout out and thank you to my first podcast sponsor, Buyers Carpentry. Um, If you guys haven't started following them, follow them on on Facebook, Buyers Carpentry Incorporated. These guys are amazing guys and they do great work. Um, Also want to show or throw out a big shout out to the Tiger Wolf brand pro staff guys. I really do appreciate all the support and all the sharing of my media that you guys have been doing. Um, If you guys are listening to my podcast, if you haven't um, followed these guys, you need to. They have great apparel, uh, cool swag, everything else like that that you can order online. Um, Great bunch of guys. They're they're a great, great group and have a great philosophy um, for life, I would say. So follow them on Instagram at Tiger Wolf Brand. So them and I want to thank again you guys for listening. I'm going to let you go till the next time, which I'm going to have a big update, hopefully, on my first hunt as the season is starting. So good luck this season. Stay safe. Wear your harness. Remember, always improve and always enjoy. Cheers, guys. Till the next time. Music brought to you by Podbean.